everyone, and welcome to Maddie's Sound Explorers. Each episode, we explore the world through sound and music made from science, nature, even our own bodies. Every show, we're going to bring you a new piece of music made from the sounds we discover and a little help from our brilliant guests. Listen out for interesting sounds as we go along. Which sounds would you put in a song? This episode, we're going to be talking about the journey of food, from when it enters our mouth to when it leaves our bum. So if you don't like hearing about food or what happens inside us, that's okay, you can take a break and we'll see you next time. Everyone else, ready to go? I love food. I love smelling it. I love making it. And I love eating it. And our bodies need it for energy, to grow and be healthy. This week, one of our sound explorers has a question for us about food. What happens to our food? Thanks, Zeke. What happens to our food between putting it in our mouths? And, well, I think we all know what happens at the end of the journey. Well, it's quite a trip from top to bottom and during that journey the body has to get out all of the good stuff we need. Luckily we have someone to guide us on this journey, food writer Stefan Gates. I kind of specialise in combining food and science really. Well that's what we're going to be doing today, taking some finely sliced science, a spoonful of mashed up food, some delicious sound and a sprinkle of music. This episode we're starting our journey in someone's mouth but we're going to have to shrink ourselves down very small to fit in there and to follow our food past our teeth. Are you ready, Sound Explorers? Let's shrink. So, Stefan, this is where the journey of our food starts. Now, the first thing that happens is called mechanical breakdown or physical breakdown, where our teeth kind of rip it apart. And you might think that that's the most dramatic part of the, of the sort of food journey because you can see it, you can even hear it as you, as you crunch your food in your mouth. But in actual fact, all you're doing is breaking it down to little parts so that the next stages can happen, which are actually infinitely more important. In our spit, our saliva, there are chemicals called enzymes. Now, an enzyme is something that speeds up chemical reactions enormously. And this enzyme actually starts the breakdown of food right there in your mouth. It's called amylase. We're going to talk about this chemical breakdown of our foods a lot today. It's a huge part of what digestion is and why we eat food in the first place. Apart from the fact it's delicious... Obviously, you can't just eat a sandwich and that bit of bread goes to your muscle and and becomes a bit of muscle. It has to be turned into something else first and then travel to your muscle to to make you you big and strong. So we break our food down into smaller chemicals so our bodies can then build them back up into new things. It's like when you break down a Lego house because you need the pieces to make a Lego ship. That's what the body is doing at a tiny, tiny level with the chemicals that make up food. 
and you can actually try this out if you if you make a couple of um, pots of custard and you spit and stir it in you have to probably have to sort of do six or seven little spits um, but you will see that it turns really really sort of very very watery very quickly whereas your control custard the, the one that you didn't spit into will stay really really firm and that is the, the this enzyme called amylase already starting the breakdown of your food right there in your mouth so amylase has started to break down the chemicals in your mouthful of food, even as you're chewing it. But that's only the first part of the process. Should we travel a little deeper? When you swallow your food, it squeezes down your esophagus, the tube in your throat, and it ends up in your stomach. very dramatic in here. Everything is churning around like a washing machine. And the air smells bitter, like lemons. I better remember to collect some sounds while I'm here. The stomach is much smaller than I thought it would be. Your stomach can be anything from the size of uh, the size of your your thumb to up to two liters in volume. Basically, it's a holding chamber for food. But you're also adding something called your gastric juices to the food, and, and these are this is a mixture of lots of different things. There are enzymes, a little bit like the enzyme that you added um, through your saliva, but also you produce a huge amount of acid. Oh wow, that sounds dangerous. Good job we have our Sound Explorer protected gear on. And if you've ever been a little bit sick before, um, you'll remember that taste in your mouth, that weird, acrid, nasty taste. It's quite bitter as well. That is uh, the gastric juices or the acid. And it's actually an acid called hydrochloric acid. How acidic is it? Would it dissolve a penny? I don't think that stomach acid can dissolve a penny, but it can certainly clean a penny. It's probably something along the lines of lemon juice and vinegar. The the reason it's so powerful is because um, as well as just sitting in the acid, your stomach churns things around it, it moves the food around. We said before that we need to break down the food, but food is made up of a bunch of different things. Just like our Lego house, it's not just a load of grey bricks. Food is made up of red bricks and white bricks and little green garden bits. So food is made up of, of a whole bunch of, of different really interesting things. There are they, they break down to mainly seven different groups. So you've got your fats, and everyone sort of really knows what fat is. It's sort of oils, um, you get animal fats, you get vegetable fats as well. Um, then you get these things called carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are found in bread, pasta, rice, potatoes, and sweet, and chocolate. Yeah, sugar is a kind of carbohydrate. Carbohydrates are rich in calories. It's another way of describing the amount of energy we can get from our food. Then you've got fibre. Now, fibre tends not to have very many calories, if anything. It's more something that you need in your diet to keep your digestion physically moving. There's a lot of fibre in fruits and vegetables. Spinach, celery, apples, pears, and all of your favourites. Then you get 
protein. Now, protein is often muscle fibre. Um, so if you're eating meat, um, that's got loads of protein in. Um, also, uh, lots of uh, nuts and beans and things like that have um, protein. Now, the other big, big important um, part of your food is water. Often, uh, 50% of something that you're eating will be water, even if it, even if it doesn't um, look watery or, or isn't, isn't particularly soft. Um, and vegetables have a very high proportion of water as well. Then you've got much smaller um, things like minerals and vitamins. Now, these are um, essential things that um, you get from your food. Minerals uh, tend to be things that you get from... Um, from the earth that uh, that aren't created in plants. A lot of uh, vitamins, on the other hand, are created by plants um, and um, and in meat as well. We only need small amounts of vitamins and minerals, but they are essential chemicals that our bodies can't make for themselves. They keep our bones and skin and teeth healthy, and without them, we'd start to get really sick. But I think it's about time we moved on. Things are getting really rocky here in the stomach. Let's head to the small intestine. Now, your small intestine is a bit it's a very confusing concept because the small intestine is actually incredibly long, but it's very thin, and that's why it's called the small intestine. So really, it should be called the long, narrow intestine. Your small intestine can be anything up to eight metres long and it's curled up inside you um, and it's constantly um, clenching and releasing and clenching and releasing. And this is a, a, a process called peristalsis and it's how um, food is squeezed along it. If you imagine you're squeezing out the last bit of, of toothpaste from your toothpaste tube, it's that sort of action. Remember those enzymes that help to break down food into simpler chemicals in the mouth and stomach? Well, there are even more in the small intestine. The, uh, the enzymes um, are added to our food, and, and it's now a kind of a slurry. It probably doesn't look very pleasant, um, but there's some real magic going on inside there. Oh, the walls of the small intestine look like they're covered in tiny fingers. These structures are actually called villi. The villi help the walls of the small intestine work a bit like a sponge. They absorb the simple chemicals so they can pass into the bloodstream on the other side. The blood then carries them to all our body cells, which can use them as fuel for energy or growth. It normally takes food two or three hours to go through your small intestine, but it can take as long as ten hours, and we don't have that much time. Onwards. So, towards the end of the the digestive process, um, your food comes out of your small intestine and into something called your large intestine. This is really where the fibre gets torn apart um, and used up, and it's broken down mostly by bacteria. The large intestine also takes most of the water away from the remains, so you're left with something that's hopefully solid. This is almost the end of the journey of your food. By now, it looks a lot less like food, though. Your body has taken out all of the useful stuff, and what's left is poo. And so when you finally do a poo, um, all of the food will move from your large intestine into something called the rectum, which is, again, it's just a holding chamber. But all this breaking down of food also creates something else. Gas. 
it's mainly carbon dioxide. Uh, there's a little bit of hydrogen. Um, there's uh, lots and lots of nitrogen, which is in the air all, all around us anyway. And occasionally a little bit of methane. And then the actual fart smells themselves. There's only a tiny, tiny amount of them um, in your farts. These things are really, really powerful. The most likely one that you've got in your farts is something called hydrogen sulfide. Now, that gives you the smell of kind of rotten eggs if you, if you do a really eggy fart. In fact, there are lots of chemicals that our intestines produce that come out when we fart. None of them are bad for people, although they might not smell very nice. In terms of your digestion and your biology, in scientific terms, no, there's nothing wrong with a fart. A lot of people wonder if farting is actually bad. It's not. You have to do it. If you didn't fart, you would explode. Wow. Well, that sounds like it'll definitely be turning up in our song. But if our farts are made of carbon dioxide, is farting bad for the planet? Animals farting and humans farting does create some methane, but the amount of methane in your in your farts is tiny. So if you fart, it's not going to do much damage to the climate. And the same is true for burping. Burps tend to be... Um, something that comes upwards so there tends to be from your from your stomach things like um, carbon dioxide if you've been drinking a fizzy drink burping releases a little bit of carbon dioxide but not enough to cause harm to the world all this talk of fizzy drinks is making me thirsty but first of all i've got to get out of here i don't want to do it the normal method or i'll end up flushed down the toilet i'm going to work out a slightly nicer way to get out of here and maybe take my sound explorer stuff to the car wash in the meantime Maybe it's time for some music. Let's take the sounds of our bodies. The rumbling of the intestines. And some other things that might sound familiar. Add some expert opinion to create our piece of music. It's the bass line of the bowels. Let's hear the stomach-churning music of digestion. breakdown of food right there you produce a huge amount of acid i don't think that acid can dissolve a penny the walls of the small intestine look like they're covered in fingers and it's now a kind of a slurry enzymes are added your large intestine this is really where the fiber gets torn apart mostly by bacteria. Also create something else. Gas. 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 If you didn't fart, you would explode. If you didn't fart, you would... 
word explode. If you didn't fart, you would explode. If you didn't fart, you would explode. Stefan, what's the biggest thing someone has ever eaten? There is a strange and wonderful Frenchman called Monsieur Mangetou. Well, there was. Now, Monsieur Mangetou, um, and Mangetou means eat everything in French, Mangetou. Now, he ate everything from a bicycle to a light aeroplane. Now, this is not recommended um, in any way. Um, and and, and he, he did a lot of these things over a very long period of time, so months, sometimes years, and he would eat a little bit of it every day. So don't be like Monsieur Mangetou. His idea of a light snack was a light aeroplane. Make sure you eat all your vitamins and minerals, plenty of fibre to help your intestines, and when there's no one around or you're in the loo, have a really good fart so you don't blow up like a balloon. Thanks for listening to Maddie's Sound Explorers. Discover new episodes when you subscribe. Thanks to our expert science writer, Stefan Gates, to Martin Zelt-Oswick, who digested the sounds of our intestines and popped out the music and the rest of the episode, and to Matt Hill for feeding us a balanced diet throughout. Thanks to to Zeke for their great question. I'm Maddie Moat, and join me next time for another episode of Maddie's Sound Explorers. Sound Explorers is brought to you by Magic Star.